Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast, the show for women who want to develop a kinder relationship with their body so you can feel healthy, happy, and confident without restricting food, doing torturous exercise, or constantly worrying about the number on the scale. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, size inclusive fitness specialist and certified non diet health and life coach specializing in body image. This podcast is here to provide weight neutral, health at every size aligned information and coaching on sustainable habits and mindset shifts so you can feel your very best in the body you have right now. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Hello, welcome back. We are continuing on with our eight-part series all about simplifying wellness because, as we talked about last week, the wellness industry is hella confusing. There's so much misinformation, conflicting information, and we're left trying to sift through it all and try to figure out what the hell is the right thing to do. So I want to help you make that simpler this season. And this week, we're talking all about movement and all about exercise, simplifying that part of our wellness routine. So I went to my social media communities and I polled you. And I asked, what do you find most confusing about exercise, about being consistent with exercise or developing a movement habit? And this is what you told me. You're confused about what to do and how to do it. Like, what is the so-called right way to exercise? Should you be doing cardio or should you be weightlifting or both? Because some folks will tell you that you don't want to do too much cardio because It will destroy your muscles, but you don't want to lift too much because then you'll be bulky. So how much are you to do? What are you to do? What intensity? How often do you need a certain number of days between your workouts? Like, There's a lot of questions about what is the quote unquote right way to exercise. And then secondly, you were confused about how to properly do exercises so as to not hurt yourself or get injured. So. It seemed like there was difficulty distinguishing where that fine line is between challenging yourself and pushing yourself to advance your fitness and the point where it's too much and you cross that line and you risk injury. You're overdoing it. And the third thing you were confused about is how to stay motivated. And I talk about motivation a lot on here. So if you have questions about what contributes to motivation and what kills motivation, please go back and find those episodes. There is a lot of information that I share with you about the science behind motivation. But specifically what you asked about in this poll is how do I develop that intrinsic motivation where I just want to do it for myself without having anybody tell me what to do? A few people said like, I'm, I'm fine. I don't have a problem with motivation if I have a trainer working with me or a class that I go to, as long as somebody is telling me what to do, I don't have a problem motivating myself. It's when I'm left to my own devices that I have an issue. So this is what we're going to talk about today. And I see this all the time. Like This type of confusion is what usually leads people into my direction looking for a personal trainer to help them make this part of exercise easier, right? In other words, have me do the thinking for them and, and just tell them. What's the right way to exercise? What should they be doing? How much, how intense, how often to get to the goals that they have for themselves? And 
that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm a personal trainer and I have a business and I want to work with people. That is my zone of genius. I am an expert at knowing which exercises to choose and how to program them for particular goals. But here is the question. Does outsourcing the decision-making process solve the real problem? Or does it solve it in the long term? And maybe your trainer is really good at explaining how each movement benefits you and how it supports your goals. I certainly make that a focus of my training when I'm working with clients. And most likely, your trainer is showing you how to execute movements safely and effectively so you don't get hurt. But what happens when the trainer's no longer there? Or you have completed the three-month training plan or the six-week challenge that you signed up for, or the group fitness class that you really love is no longer available. So in other words, when you're left to your own devices and you have to figure it out on your own, does the confusion come back in and you find yourself feeling like you have no idea what to do? And even though you like movement and you want to do it, you just can't seem to motivate yourself to get going on your own? If that sounds familiar, you are certainly not alone. In fact, I encountered this exact thing with a client recently. We had worked together in a personal training capacity for three months, and she had a really good handle on the what and the how to. She was clear on what her goals were. She knew the types of movement that supported her goals. She knew what intensity to work at. She knew how often. And when we ended our three-month relationship together, we even came up with a plan together that she felt really comfortable executing on her own. She was clear on what she should do. She even had a beautifully equipped home gym. Like she was lacking for nothing. She was set up for success. And yet, she completely stopped working out after our relationship ended. Now, that's not her fault. She did blame herself, but it was not her fault. And it wasn't mine either. We both learned a lot through this experience. And I realized what the missing piece was. I had given her all the knowledge about how and why and when and how hard. But I had not taught her how to really listen to her body's movement cravings. That might be a new word for you. I'm not sure I've used that on the podcast before. Movement cravings. I'm going to explain the term in just a second. But essentially, I had positioned myself in this personal training relationship as the fitness expert, which I am. I have trained in this field. I have many years of experience in this field. I have lots of knowledge about the human body and about movement. But I had failed to empower my client to step into the role of expert of her own body. And that is the missing piece for you too. That is why you feel like if you don't have a plan or a trainer or a coach telling you exactly what to do, you feel so stuck. It's why you turn to Pinterest to search about the so-called best workout plan for your goal. And then you spend hours trying to sift through the information and make a decision about which plan looks best, only to become even more confused, overwhelmed, and ultimately not taking any action and not getting moving and then blaming yourself for your lack of motivation. 
Hey, excuse the interruption. I just wanted to pop in here to tell you about a great free event that I know you're going to want to be part of. 11 of my non-diet coach friends and I have teamed up to bring you the 75 Intuitive Challenge happening April 2nd to June 11th in a private Facebook group. During our time together, our team of coaches is here to help you find food freedom, motivation for movement, and body confidence. Unlike the 75 Hard Challenge, there are no food rules here, no mandatory workouts, no mental toughness required. Instead, it's all about connecting to your body's innate wisdom, trusting yourself, chasing health on your terms, and creating confidence that's unconditional upon the number on the scale. Each week, one of our coaches will present on their topic of expertise, everything from meal planning to emotional eating to motivation for movement, that's me, to intuitive drinking, and so much more. You'll also have the opportunity to be coached each week for free. So if you're curious about the non-diet lifestyle, you definitely want to be part of this. It's not too late to join. All the classes are recorded so you can get caught up. Search for 75 Intuitive Challenge on Facebook or check out the link in the show notes. But it's not that you have a motivation problem. I mean, I, I get why you would think that's what the problem is. Because your brain is telling you, you know what to do, you have all this information, now why can't you just go do it? But consider for a second that it's not a motivation issue, but rather a self-trust issue. The real problem is that you don't trust your body to guide you towards the best type of movement for you. You don't trust that if you listen to your body that you'll do enough or do it right. But you can. You can trust your body. See, your body wants to move. We were all designed to move. Think about a young child. Do you ever have to tell a young child to get moving? <laughs> Quite the opposite. We often have to tell little kids to just sit still. But maybe we shouldn't because they're just responding to their movement cravings. Kids know that when they're uncomfortable, they shift and they wiggle. And when they have pent-up energy, they run around and play. And when they're mad, they stomp their feet. They use their body to process what they're feeling and the emotions that they're experiencing. But somewhere along the way in our life, we're told that we need to be still and that there's a time and a place for movement and a right and a wrong way to do exercise. And add on to that the societal programming that the only reason why you would move your body is to change it or lose weight. So in that messaging, we start to disconnect from our movement cravings, that inner knowing about how and when and why to move. And we hand the authority over those decisions to the so-called experts. And that's why you feel stuck and confused. But here's the good news. That knowing is still inside of you. And you can get to a place where you feel intrinsically motivated and fully trust yourself to know what type of movement to do how much, how intense, this can be really easy. It just takes a bit of time and patience to relearn how to do that. And you have to be willing to drop any expectations about what your movement routine should look like. As an example, here's how I'm approaching training now with this client. We've been starting each session with a body scan meditation. So she checks in with her body 
assesses how she feels physically, mentally, emotionally, and then asks her body what she needs. So far, as we've just restarted our work together, quote, all that we've been doing is stretching. Her body keeps telling her that it's really tight. So in response to that, I show her stretches that are going to help to relieve those tight spots in her body. Now, her brain is offering some resistance to all this and telling her that it's not enough and she should be working harder. She should be doing some cardio. She should be picking up some weights. But whenever we ask her body if it wants to do those things, it, it sends a resounding no. Which, just as an aside, is very normal for any of us who've had a history with using exercise as punishment. It's very normal for the body to reject formal exercise for a time. This happened to me too. There was a period of about six months where I didn't lift a weight or run or do anything that looked like exercise as I was healing my relationship with movement. See, our body remembers how it feels when we move our body that way. It remembers it being hard, painful, and purely about changing how you look. And it doesn't want to feel that way. That doesn't feel safe or kind. It's a very similar unlearning process to the intuitive eating process, if you have gone through that. You might remember when you first reject dieting and give yourself full permission to eat all foods that you might initially eat an abundance of your previously forbidden foods. Eat all the chocolate, all the chips, all the pizza, all the sweets, all the things you used to tell yourself were bad or off limits. And you might even reject your diet foods. For me, it was salad and smoothies. I stayed away from those for months because they were my notorious diet foods. But eventually, as you rebuild this trust with your body and give it permission to have what it's desiring, eventually it starts to desire vegetables, fruits, all of those things that you thought you would never have again when you give yourself permission to eat. And it's the same with movement. Eventually, when you give your body the gentle, nourishing, restorative type movement that it's asking for, if that's what it's saying, eventually it will start to crave more intense varieties of movement too. Mine certainly did. I have no issue with lifting weights anymore. I'm not really doing a whole lot of running these days, but not because it's triggering more because it doesn't feel so great in my body. But either way, I do crave working out and building up a sweat from time to time for sure. So this is what we're working to help my client to develop is that trust in her body to guide the way and trust in herself to be her own expert. So if you are in this place of not knowing what's the quote right way to move your body and you can't seem to get motivated to move if you don't have someone telling you just what to do, here's some ways you can help yourself through that process. The first is to start to tune in to your movement cravings. So notice all the times throughout the day that your body asks to move. And that might start first thing in the morning when you wake up in your bed. What's the first thing you want to do is take a big full body stretch. Or if you've been working at your desk for quite some time and your shoulders start to get a little bit tight, do you notice that you instinctively roll your shoulders back or that you want to get up and take a walk, go to the water cooler, go to the washroom? These are all the ways your body shows you that it craves movement and it needs movement. And the more that you respond to those tiny micro movement cravings, 
the more you tell your brain, yes, I'm listening, I will respond, and then it'll start to send you more of them in terms of what you need for your more structured movement sessions. So then when it comes to your more structured movement sessions, my second tip is to start each one with that body scan meditation. And it only really takes two or three minutes. It's not taking a whole bunch of your workout time. But check in with yourself. Really take time to take inventory of how everything feels. Notice any aches and pains or tightness in your body. Notice the mood that you're bringing, the energy that you have, and allow that information to inform you. And then ask your body, well, what do you need? What do you need out of this time? And then you have to trust that the first answer your body gives you is the right one, which is my third tip. So ask your body what you need. And then don't judge the answer. Trust that the answer it gives you is right. Trust the wisdom of your body. Providing that movement that your body is asking for is an act of self-care, an act of body respect. And trust me when I say all movement is good movement. If we can disconnect our reason for movement from changing our body, then we can see that even five minutes of stretching, even one minute of stretching, provides a benefit to you. You If you're sitting at your desk and your shoulders are tight and you take 30 seconds to pull your shoulders back and reset your posture, that benefits you. Any little bit of movement is good movement. But when you tell yourself that it's not enough, that it's not long enough, not intense enough, that just starts to make you feel bad. And like, what's the point of doing it? It puts you into an all or nothing mindset. So instead, take an all or something mindset. Allow any movement to be okay with you. And then my fourth tip is to seek support if you're struggling with this, but not with the intention of just hiring a trainer or an expert to tell you what to do and how to do it and give them all the authority because that doesn't solve the root issue. Rather, if you're having difficulty connecting to and trusting your body or tuning out that critical voice, That's where you can seek out the support of a trainer or coach who can help you through that part. Okay, so let's wrap this all up, bring this all home and summarize. So what I really want you to take away is that when you are feeling confused about the right way to exercise or how you, quote, should be exercising, rather than stay in the confusion, I want you to acknowledge that the confusion isn't because you haven't found the right information or that the information out there is contradictory. Yes, it is contradictory, but the confusion is coming because you don't trust yourself to know what's right for you. And I hope that this episode gave you some tangible tips to help you get a little bit clearer in that process. So next week, we're going to be back talking about the confusion around food and eating and the so-called right way to eat. And spoiler alert, there isn't one, but I'm going to help you apply this concept of self-trust to your eating as well, because how we do one thing is how we do everything. So there's going to be some crossover here between our relationship with movement and our relationship with food. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. If you did, please share it because guaranteed there are other women out there that would find it helpful too. So help me spread the word and get this podcast into the ears of the people who need to hear this message. And please do stay in touch. You can follow me or send me a message over on any of my social media channels. Tell me your biggest takeaway or any questions you have from the episode. I'm at Radiant Vitality Wellness. 
And if you're ready to go a step further and do the work together, you can learn all about my coaching programs on my website at Radiant Vitality Wellness. We'll see you next week. I hope that you have a great one and find some joyful movement in there. And here's to your Radiant Vitality. Thanks for tuning into the Power in Motion podcast today. If you love what you're learning here, then I invite you to take the next step of embodying these concepts into your own life so that you can live your healthiest, happiest life and never again feel held back by your body. Coaching is the fastest, most efficient pathway to taking what you know in your head to actually applying it and seeing results. Whether you're looking to make changes around movement, food, body image, or all three, I'm here to help you nurture a kind, respectful, and trusting relationship with your body so you can feel your very best. Click the link in the show notes to book a free consultation, and together we'll uncover what's getting in the way of you having the results you want. You'll leave this call knowing exactly what you need to work on, and together we'll explore whether one of my coaching offers is a good fit for you. I can't wait to meet you.